Greetings from the center of Canada and welcome to the Fringe Faithful Collective. My name is Mike Powell and this is article episode number 16 entitled Fulcrum, which is part of a special series dedicated to the unboxing of songs on the 2019 concept album Lunacy and the Second Naivete. Fulcrum was the first song that was recorded for the album and the very last to be mixed, as it needed to be remastered multiple times before I was finally happy with all the levels. Its working title was Blood Moon, as I began tracking it on the eve of the Super Blood Wolf Moon of January 20th, 2019. In high school, one of my favorite bands was Ned's Atomic Dustbin, who sometimes incorporated dialogue from films into their songs. For example, a quote from Dead Poet Society at the beginning and from Apocalypse Now at the end of the song Suave and Suffocated. Inspired by Ned's, I've done the same over the years with quotes from movies, for example, The Matrix and Memento, as well as philosophers, for example, Peter Rollins and Slavoj Žižek. For Lunacy, my plan was to do the same, and I had initially debated recording selections of Kester Bruin's Getting High myself, because no audio version of the book exists. But then I remembered the day and age we live in, so I decided to contact Kester directly and asked if he would be willing to record a couple selections of text that I had underlined in his book, which he graciously did for me. And it's one of these readings that you hear at the start of Fulcrum. Wherever it is we find ourselves, the gravity of our situation demands that we act. Yet the most human response is not flight to some distant hoped-for Eden above, nor to fall to the ground in hopeless despair. Whether by writing or otherwise, we need a different story to live by, one that isn't about abandoning this world, but committing to it. To transition into such a myth, one that pushes us beyond our ache for transcendence, we will need to go to new places and do new things. The first step towards this will surely be about learning to love, looking outwards from the self, upwards from the ground, even though we know that it will, at some unknown time, take us. To summarize the book itself, it's a lyrical, accessibly existential, autobiographical recounting of humanity's insatiable drive to get high, in which Bruin seamlessly examines various interrelated ideas of flight that largely characterized the 1960s. In other words, LSD, lunar exploration, and spiritual enlightenment. Ultimately, its aim was to encourage readers to reorient their focus from the sky back to the ground where they live, as every attempt in the past to somehow reach transcendence has proved wanting. With this in mind, coupled with my own failed experiences over the years of pursuing otherworldliness, the song Fulcrum was an attempt to translate all of these thoughts into music using the imagery of a lever. When it comes to our personal and collective attempts to determine what may be on the other side of death, any religious or spiritual concept of faith involves some kind of exchange, a giving up of one thing in order to get something else, such as rejecting the world to gain heaven. Accordingly, many look up and away from what they can see to what they cannot. They feel obliged to shrug at death in deference to a wishful anticipation that our mortality is not the end. And so humans like us over countless generations have and will continue for all time to launch themselves symbolically and literally into the sky, because the actuality of our presence on this earth is so often weighty and unsatisfying. We build simple machines of worldviews, philosophies, and myths to escape what we fear to be true, namely, that we may in fact have only one life to live. Yet as Tom York sang in the Radiohead song Fake Plastic Trees, Gravity always wins. And no matter how many times we repeat the cycle of absconding our impermanence by attempting to project ourselves into the heavens, maybe we are unwelcome foreigners there. 
Could it be instead that we should strive for contentment here and now? What if the pivot point of the fulfillment we seek is that very connection to the earth where we find ourselves? To say the same thing differently, could it be, as the author of Ecclesiastes once wrote, that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil? I'm inclined to think so. Granted, such of you may indeed offer less hope than believing resolutely in some sort of afterlife. However, no one can deny that a life beyond this one is up for debate. It has been for generations, perpetuating othering, division, conflict, violence, and conquest. And no one is any closer to arriving at one timeless, unified view that can be agreed upon across our manifold barriers of geography, language, and culture. That we all die is the common ground that humanity stands on, not that we will live again. And to be honest, I'd much rather be realistic about what I do know to be true, in other words, that our time on earth is short, than to insist on being right about something that remains to be seen, in other words, that we might overcome death if we do say or think the right things. Occupying a space of near nihilism is assuredly barren, lonely, and disheartening, but I would also contend that it beneficially short-circuits the inauthenticity of hyper-optimism that all too often characterizes escapist religious outlooks, which basely see human behavior as the disposable means to a greater end, rather than recognizing the innate value in actions, words, and thoughts as ends in themselves. Related to all this, in years past I would have found comfort in the iconic Pascal's Wager, where the reasoning goes that we should err on the side of rolling the dice, in other words, having faith, as opposed to not believing something and potentially losing everything. The assumption here is that if what we put our trust in is one day discovered to be false, one has in essence lost nothing. The problem is that such an argument only really makes sense when told to each other on the inside of a group because it's there that people imagine they are already on the right side and that they don't really have anything to lose. However, if one is at the fringe or on the outside of a group, it's much easier to see the flip side. As for me, it's never made sense when people say one hasn't lost anything if the claims of Christianity ultimately turn out to be untrue, specifically if things aren't the way that those who like to reference Pascal's wager claim it to be regarding the afterlife. One's entire earthly existence is indeed at stake and could possibly have been wasted. For this reason, what appeals to me more than blindly placing a bet with my being is to hope, if there is truth to the assertion that a loving, merciful, compassionate Creator God does exist, that such a God would respond graciously with me concerning all of my spiritual misapprehensions. In the meantime, my intent is to enjoy what's left of my limited time here on earth, because whether or not this is all we will ever have, it is all that we know for sure. And while that's the case, it seems to me the best thing we can do is eat and drink and enjoy what we have earned. As for the actual music in this track, my desire was that it would be heavy and hard-hitting, like a proper kick to the spirit. I find that many musicians and bands have a tendency to lose their edge or mellow out over the years, which is the last thing I wanted to do with Lunacy. My opinion is that music should instead become increasingly intense and dynamic. And if I ever write anything else after this album, which I intend to, my plan is to make more music like this.
Next time on the Fringe Faithful Collective, the song Leaving Presently, that I would describe as a nod to Pedro the Lion's criticism as inspiration, in which David Bazan sang, I can write it in a song, but never say it to your face. Until then, here is Fulcrum, which you can freely download or stream anytime at soundcloud.com. Peace and love, sisters and brothers. Wherever it is, we find ourselves in gravity by situation demands the Yet the most human response is not flight to some distant point for even above, nor to fall to the ground in hopeless despair. We need a beautiful story to live by. One that isn't about abandoning this world, but committing to it. The transition into something new. One that pushes us beyond our hate for transcendence. We will need to go to new places and do new things. First step towards this will surely be about learning to love. Looking outwards from yourself, upwards from the ground, even though you know that it will, at some unknown time, take us.